Welcome to Treasury Talk, a podcast featuring timely tips and information for Michigan taxpayers. Hosted by State Treasurer Rachel Eubanks. Listen for takeaways from our subject matter experts that will support you, your family, and your business. Hello to our listeners. I'm Ron Likes, sitting in for State Treasurer Rachel Eubanks, and this is Treasury Talk. Today, our guest is Pam Bennett. Pam is the director of the Bureau of Lean Innovation and Improvement at the Michigan Department of Treasury, and her area oversees people and culture and innovation. Welcome, Pam. Thank you, Ron. Thanks for having me. So let's get right into it. What is the Bureau of Lean Innovation and Improvement? Yeah, well, I'm excited to tell you about it. So this bureau has a primary focus on continuous improvement activities throughout Treasury. We use lean tools and methodologies to improve Treasury's processes and customer experience. In addition to that primary focus, we also uh, provide Treasury some change management uh, expertise and resources to effectively manage change and implement change while keeping employees uh, engaged and productive. We work on all aspects of workforce development uh, from recruitment to inclusion, engagement, as I mentioned, and skill development. So let's rewind the tape a little bit and let's talk about change management because that seems to be an emerging field and I'm seeing more and more. And it's really a conflict management uh, tool to use, so to speak, to have employees adopt plan change within an organization. Isn't that so? That's exactly right. The organizational change management team we have within LIB is a very small team, but a mighty team. And they use a structured approach and proven tools and methodologies to manage the organization and the people within the organization, sometimes even our taxpayers and customers, when a change may affect them through the change so that we have a successful adoption of the change and we get to realize the benefits of that change as early as possible. You get in a situation where you have a new piece of software you have a new policy, a new procedure, and all that. And you're like, how do I get that message to all my stakeholders, all the people that have a hand in this, whether a policy or change, so to speak? So it's one of those situations it's like, how do you guide the ship to where it needs to go and Absolutely. have everybody on board? And we're seeing more and more of that. Before it'd be like, okay, this is our change. And then everybody's like, what, when'd you do that? Or why'd you do that? And with, with change management, it's a mechanism to really help out everybody and get everybody on board and also receive feedback about something. Isn't that so? That's exactly right. And when you think about um, technology is a great example. Often a change might have something to do with technology. That's not uncommon at all. And you think about um, a technology change, we've invested you know, a fair amount of uh, money and resources into typically into a, a new technology. Um, and so we really want to get to the place where people are on board with the change. They understand the reason for the new technology. They understand the benefits it will provide um, potentially to them as they do their jobs and also to our customers and taxpayers. So as we work our change management plan, which Ron, you referenced that communication is a large part of that plan, we do 
checkpoints along the way to measure how successfully the change is being implemented so that we don't just get to, okay, we've implemented this new technology and we paid attention to communicating change, but somehow it's still not really adopted and working like we thought. So we make tweaks and we pivot as needed throughout to make sure that the change is successfully adopted. And that's a great, great reflection of that. Because as taxpayers are out there, whether they're business taxpayers, individual taxpayers, and a change is taking place, communication involves a sender and a receiver. And if you're just sending the message out and not receiving anything, no feedback, then you don't know how effective that change necessarily is. But if you're receiving feedback, then you can tweak and be nimble depending on what's happening and really understand what we can do better to serve our taxpayers. Absolutely. And That's why we also use human-centered design as part of our approach, which really helps us to do exactly what you just said, Ron. It helps us to stay in touch with the end users, the folks that are really intended to be touched by this change, and lets us know in the beginning and before we've gotten too far down the path what they really need out of the process and what their experience is. And that's very important. You know, there have been instances of change, whether it's within Treasury or, you know, somewhere else where you think you're doing all the right things to implement a change just to find out that when you finally roll it out to the end user, something important is missing. So we want to know that ahead of time and we take steps to make sure we do. And this is a good segue into another component of your bureau is the Continuous Improvement and Engagement Bureau. What is that? work area, the business area, and how does it really impact taxpayers? The continuous improvement and engagement efforts that we have within our bureau are a very, very important part of what we do. So on continuous improvement, we take on projects. We do a call for projects annually, but we also take on projects on an as-needed basis that create efficiencies. They might create savings. They create hopefully a better experience often for the taxpayer in the end for our employees. And we do those, again, just like change management, we do them using proven methodologies, a very structured continuous improvement approach to those projects. And then we evaluate the effectiveness of those at the end of them. This year, that team also went around to all of Treasury's business areas and help them with refreshing or even creating their business area strategic plans. So that was a big project that we did out of that area this year. Those strategic plans now align, of course, with the overall department strategic plan. And one thing to mention is they they have some things in common, and every business area strategic plan in Treasury does have a specific goal related to customer service, so as we talk about how the work we do may impact the taxpayers. We've taken that into account at the very highest level. Yeah, you think about an organization and the environment in which it's in, the environment changes, it evolves. And this is a mechanism to really reevaluate ourselves, look in the mirror and figure out what we can do better to serve our taxpayers. Yeah, that's what it reminds me of, especially like in, like industrial engineering or you go back way back and it's something that Frederick Taylor and the scientific management where you're continuously evaluating and tweaking and trying to figure out how you could be the most efficient and effective organization, so to speak. And this that's what this, this area reminds me of. It's like we're continuing to look at ourselves and figure out what can we do better? How can we serve Michigan's taxpayers better? 
And that's what this effort really, really hones in on in, in serving. Absolutely. And that's why I, along with folks that are in the bureau with me, we really make sure that we're at the table in a variety of ways across Treasury. So, you know, we take the opportunities to sit in and hear what the different business areas, different work groups, what their pain points are, what their customer feedback is, and we apply the continuous improvement tools to help them get to a better spot for uh, Treasury and for the taxpayers. So this is exciting. So you have one area that looks at continuously improving and, and change. How can we continue to tweak ourselves to really serve the taxpayer or any of our other business areas, whether it's a local unit of government, an internal process, or whatever? How do we break through the bureaucracy, so to speak, within the organization and continuously improve? So let's move over a little bit. The People and Culture Division, can you tell me a little bit about that? Yes, this is another exciting area of the Bureau. And I want to back up just a little bit to Mm -hmm. say that while there are a number of functions within the Lean Innovation and Improvement Bureau, some of these things had been being done in Treasury. They just had been being done in a very decentralized fashion. And in some cases, they were maybe a little bit more of an afterthought in some areas. So bringing these functions together allows them to really focus on them strategically to leverage sort of the synergy of having all these functions together. But on the people and culture side, we're focused primarily on recruitment and retention. We're focused on inclusion and diversity. And we also are looking at uh, training and development of staff to ensure that we have the the right skills at the right time. And within that within that business area, why would we need recruiting? It's it's you would people ask, okay, you know what's going on? Why would Treasury or state government need to have recruiters? What's happening here that would, would need that? Yeah, that's a great question, Ron. So, you know, maybe there was once upon a time when we could throw up uh, a job posting kind of in one spot. And there was a lot of word of mouth and we maybe attended a job fair or two, but recruiting, I mean, the labor market just keeps changing. If you think about all the changes that we've had, you know, since COVID, everything's kind of since COVID or pre-COVID these days, but since COVID, you know, the folks in the labor market are, they have different desires and they have different things that they're looking for in a job. And so we need to be very strategic in how we get out there. We need to be creative too and how we get out there and we share with folks that we have jobs, you know, what the pay scale is, what the benefits are, those kinds of typical things, but also what is our culture like? What are the benefits that there are from being uh, a public servant, say, and having that pride of serving the public? of the culture and treasury being very inclusive so that we have folks that are able to bring their authentic selves and to work and do their best work. And so that we have staff that represent the communities that we work within throughout Michigan, which are very diverse communities. So it just has to be much more strategic and thoughtful these days. And we're doing, making a lot of efforts in that area. And finding individuals who want to 
become public servants is a bit of a task too, because you have to have a special characteristic, so to speak, to really serve the public uh, and have public service motivation. And I know there are different things in literature and different things that talk about what makes a unique individual. And it's not necessarily those who seek a paycheck. It's those who want to serve the public, those who have a desire to make a difference on uh, society as a whole. And that's what really trying to find those those individuals who have that motivation to serve and show that you can make a difference in Michigan. And the Michigan De- Department of Treasury has a door that we can open for you to make that happen. Absolutely. And there's a lot of pride within Treasury uh, for being a public servant. Even some of our folks that may have somewhat challenging positions where you know they're taking phone calls all day from folks that have questions or concerns and trying to help those people out, even if they might be, um, you know, unhappy in the moment or those sorts of things. Really, we find that we get quite a few taxpayers and citizens of Michigan that reach out and specifically say, hey, this person really helped me to understand my situation. They pointed me in the right direction. They uh, treated me with respect while they were doing it. And so we do recognize a lot of our employees because we get so much of that feedback. And I will say, Ron, that to be completely transparent, when I first started working for the state of Michigan a number of years ago, I wasn't necessarily saying I want to be a public servant. That wasn't necessarily the driving factor for me personally. But once you get into the role and you see how you are serving the citizens, you do feel pride. So I would just say to our listeners out there, you know, consider Treasury in the state of Michigan, even if that's not your driving factor. It's something that really can make you feel great about coming into work every day. And one area we do recruit is looking at veterans. We we have gold level status from the, was it Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency? Yes. Can you talk about that, about that a little bit? So as you said, we have been recognized as a gold level veteran friendly department, and we're very proud of that fact. We have a number of things that have contributed to that. We do strategically recruit to veterans, and we have internally and what we call an ERG, an employee resource group that is dedicated to veterans. So that group has helped us reach out to the community of veterans and help us with our communication with those folks. They may have particular needs in terms of, you know, translating their experience in the military to, you know, applying for a particular job here at Treasury, and that group can help us do that. It has connected us with some folks in different agencies and things that connect us to the veterans as well. So we're very proud of our veteran, our gold veteran status as an employer. We intend to keep it and we intend to continue working with our internal group on that. And I'm glad you mentioned the, the employee resource groups or what we call the ERGs that we have many, many ERGs reflecting our unique, diverse selves within the department. Can you expand a little bit about that? Sure. We've had employee resource groups for a number of years now, although we keep your kind of grassroots groups. So we keep gaining more ERGs as time goes on. 
without listing all of them, I'll just give you a sample. We have Black History Program Committee. We have Hispanic Heritage. We have Health and Wellness. We have the veterans that we mentioned. We have a pride group. And there's a couple more in addition to those. But these are groups that are really employee-led, and they put on educational opportunities for those in the department. And they, again, help us also with recruiting. We have gotten quite a bit of feedback in the recruiting area that these types of groups are things that uh, potential employees are looking for. That way they can get with like-minded individuals and move the needle forward on some important issues that pertain to them. I also want to mention that our ERGs are not, they're inclusive, they're not exclusive. So for example, a Hispanic Heritage Group, anyone that feels any allyship with that group is welcome to participate in in a group like that. And one interesting story is we actually have an ERG related to gardening. And it started with a story about a very devout gardener who works for Treasury. And he has this immaculate garden in his backyard, just west of Lansing. And that article was like the, no pun intended, well, maybe a pun intended, is that it was the seed that planted the growth of an ERG. And it turned into a very passionate group of Treasury employees who find their their inner selves through this hobby and it brings them all together all all sorts of individuals from many different angles of life and i always always find that really interesting how just something as simple as that just brings a di- unique diverse group together with this one common cause absolutely that's uh, our most recent erg that's been created here at treasury and you're absolutely right. That group has attracted um, a number of people. It's actually called the Gardening and Horticulture ERG. But it, while it doesn't maybe at its core say, hey, we're uh, a group that's going to help you with your cultural competence, in reality, the way that they go about encouraging people to be a part of this ERG really does exactly that. It is maybe the most diverse ERG that we have based on several of the meetings that I've been to. In past uh, endeavors throughout my life, especially with neighborhood engagement, one of the ways you can get your neighbors talking to each other is by creating a community garden system, especially in whether it be urban areas and even suburban areas. Because a lot of times you'll get you know, back in the day, neighbors were talking to each other and it was like a sense of community. Well, that seems to have fallen off a little bit. And with a community garden, you create that channel where people come out of their homes and they bond over, you know, these gardens and the harvest and, you know, I mean, bond over, I guess, breaking bread, so to speak. It just, it provides this outlet where you get you know, different folks from all different lives coming together and working together. So it's just, it's been an interesting effort. Well, Ron, first of all, it sounds like you need to join our Heart of Culture ERG. So you're welcome to join. But that's exactly right. And that's not exclusive to the Garden and Horticulture ERG here at Treasury. It's really what all of the ERGs do is they bring people from all different areas of Treasury that are diverse in the jobs that they do and the 
perspectives that they have and the, you know, kind of lives that they come from when they're outside of work and brings them all together, often on lunch hours. So, you know, much of the activities that these ERGs do are happening during folks' lunch hours. So we can all get together and we can uh, get to know each other a little bit and we can do all of the things that you talked about, really engage with each other. And we find that through survey results and things like that, we find that our employees really value this networking that they get through these ERGs, which then goes on to help us in our retention efforts and, you know, so on and so forth. So the ERGs really have been a wonderful thing for Treasury's culture. And it comes back to informal communications within an organization, having that camaraderie built up among each other, building your team. And that's what these ERGs really do from many diverse perspectives, just building this team, building up and how we can serve Michigan's taxpayers better. Yes, I couldn't have said it better myself. (laughs) So Pam, anything else you'd like to add about your bureau and the exciting things it's doing for Michigan's taxpayers? So yeah, actually, I would like to just touch on before we close today, what Treasury can offer to prospective employees. We've touched on recruiting as part of what we do. So I'm going to give that one last plug. You know, we have, of course, very interesting work here at Treasury. We have folks that work on a wide variety of things from customer service representatives. I think I may have referenced earlier that help out citizens and taxpayers when they call us to analysts that work on such a broad variety of things. We have numerous management positions and tax processing or in the audit area. So we've just got interesting work. We have opportunities for development in that engagement stuff that we talked about earlier. You know, we do things like we help employees with resume reviews. We set up formal networking opportunities. We even provide mock interviews and we have career discussions with folks so they understand what their career path can be. And, you know, we have reasonable work-life balance here at Treasury too. And in some roles, I mentioned audit, auditors in the private sector are probably going to be working a significant amount of nights and weekends, long hours in that field. So if a a work-life balance is more important to somebody, then, you know, treasury is something you probably want to look at. We have some great auditing jobs. And again, just to highlight once more, the public service, the, the ERGs, the things that we do to keep folks engaged. So I would like to just throw out there that we've got a Treasury Careers site, www.michigan.gov forward slash Treasury Careers. And I would invite uh, all the listeners to take a peek at that. Well, Pam, thank you for coming today on Treasury Talk. This has been exciting, especially the different elements of how we can become a better organization, how we can really serve taxpayers uh, to our best of our abilities. So again, thank you for sharing your insight about the work of the Bureau of Lean Innovation and Improvement and the impact its programs will have on taxpayers. Listeners can find related resources and online links in the podcast show notes. Pam, I appreciate having your expertise on Treasury Talk. Thank you. Thanks. Nice to be here.